This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. The Dort Podcast. Rich Keith. It's The Dort Podcast. Ryan Davis. The Dort Podcast. Hashtag. the Hashtag Dort Podcast. Thanks for tuning into this very special edition of the Hashtag Dork Podcast. My name is Rich Keefe. No Davey eyeballs today, but that is all right. He'll be back next week. Instead, I'm thrilled to introduce our guest right now. It's from, it's AEW's. It's Adam Cole, baby. Adam, thanks so much for the time, man. How are you? Of course, man. I'm great. Hey, that intro was awesome, by the way. <laughs> it was really cool. But I, yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on today. Good, good. I, I want to start with with the whole the evolution of Bebe. And sure. I heard you on with Chris Jericho, so I'm going to try to not ask a lot of repeat questions. But you were on Jericho's podcast. You talked about how it's a little bit of Jericho saying Bebe. It was a little bit of Joey Matthews or Joey mm-hmm. Mercury saying his name. But I'm curious, how long did it take for crowds to fully embrace it? Uh, minimum five years, I think. Wow. Like, like, so because, well, the funny thing is, too, because I don't know if I talked about this. But when I first did Adam Cole Bebe, it was never intended to be like a catchphrase oh. or like a thing that people okay. said. It was again. So I was a um, I was a heel in a independent promotion called Combat Zone Wrestling, which is like this super violent deathmatch style wrestling. And I didn't do any of that. I was the <laughs> straight laced, uh, you know, a regular wrestler. Um, so I was trying to find different ways to get heat with that crowd. Uh, and again, aside from the Joey Matthews and, and Chris Jericho story, I used to just throw my fingers up in the air and yell, Adam Cole, baby. But like so many times during a match, like it would be like 10, 11, 12 times during a match and people would just boo. Cause it was, it was just this arrogant heel tactic that I used. Uh, but what happened was in, I was in ring of honor and I ended up needing to take like four months off to get my shoulder tricep and elbow repaired. And when I came back, again, that beautiful thing about pro wrestling, if you're gone for a little bit, right. uh, not too long, but just for a little bit, they actually have a chance to miss you. Uh, so when I came back, uh, the fans were really excited and they knew that I did Adam Cole, baby. So they started doing it then. And then again, for some reason, it has just completely caught on. And now it's like what I'm known for in a lot it's, of ways. It really is incredible. And I find myself just at home watching it. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if it's going to be a big baby tonight. I wonder if it's yeah. going to be a big baby tonight. And the crowd goes crazy. And it could be somebody who's rooting for Jungle Boy or the Dark Order. And they're still like just caught up in the moment. It's sort of yeah. like you know, Brian Danielson with Yes. Or yeah. just, there's a bunch of them like that. That is incredible. Is there one that stands out to you as the loudest one that you heard? 
Um, I mean, I would say God, probably all out yeah. uh, is probably the loudest one. And I don't know if it's because my my senses were super heightened at that point because of the surprise aspect of it, but like the the genuine reaction and excitement and then getting into the ring and doing it in Chicago, uh, that one felt the loudest. Uh, but again, like I feel like every single week, Every town we go to with AEW, it gets louder and louder and louder. So, uh, like Arthur Ashe Stadium was unreal. Yeah. That one was really, really loud. Uh, but yeah, I would think to me the absolute loudest one was was probably All Out in Chicago. Yeah, that, that would absolutely was loud. Now I want to circle back to wrestling, but you are a massive gamer, big time man. That is why you are big perfect time. for the the hashtag Dork Podcast because I there's almost two categories. There's people who like video games. And there's people who play Dark Souls. And that is, <laughs> that is where you come into play. That is Yes! You. And uh, I've been enjoying your stream, but I am curious, what was your video game? Like, what was your introduction? What were the first games and consoles that you remember playing that got you hooked into video games? Yeah, man, I'm so excited to talk about this. Uh, so actually, my, my first memory um, of my entire life like not of gaming, not of wrestling, of being like my first ever memory as a human being was I was three years old and I remember I got up super early for some reason. And I remember as a kid, I was, my dad then told me I was three years old and I ran downstairs and my dad was sitting in front of the TV playing Road Rash on the Sega Genesis. Oh, and, great uh, game. Great game to That's, this day. Still yeah. a great game. But it was on the old like CRT television. So we thought it was a black bike, but really it was dark blue because you couldn't really tell because of the colors. Yeah, right. But I, yeah. but he said, I just over and over again said, oh my God, dad, you got the black bike. No <laughs> way. No way. Because that was the, that was the best one. Yeah. Uh, so that's my very first memory of anything in my life. So I've been like a, a casual gamer in a lot of ways for my entire life, but we had, we grew up with a Sega Genesis. And then um, after that, my dad traded that one in for a Super Nintendo. Um, then we ended up getting a, a PlayStation, Nintendo 64, all that fun stuff. But funny enough, I know this isn't necessarily what you asked, but I, I was so obsessed with wrestling from like nine years old on that I still loved video games. But actually, my younger brother, Brent, uh, was the one who was how I am with wrestling is how he was with with games. Okay, And I, I loved video games. Like, like I have some of my fondest memories of my childhood are with video games, but I didn't get like, I didn't become a gamer until like 2015. It was like when I bought my first console and stuff again, like I casually played and I like FF seven and RE two and metal gear solid on the PlayStation one, Mario 64 Ocarina of time on N64, like so many classic games. But like when I became, um, like passionate about video games was 2015. Actually, that was a tangent that had nothing to do with what you oh, asked, but me? I loved it. <laughs> I no, get excited talking about games, man. Well, it's funny because I'm a little bit older than you. So for me, it was the original Nintendo. And I remember oh. watching my dad beat the original Mario and being like, this is the most impressive feat I've ever seen. Right? I was right. like, this is amazing. And so I was hooked from then and then into the Sega and into all that other stuff. But, but what's crazy, though, and I, I want to say this quick, though, is is like the OG Mario still holds up to this day. Isn't that crazy? What a, what like a game. Those games they didn't play. Like, I, I'll play Mega Man 2 uh, once a month. I'll pop in Mega Man yep. 2 and play it or punch out or yep. the, the original Nintendo games. 
which is a it's, it's really a testament to them. Yeah, for sure. Is there a game that you can, if you had to guess, the game you spent the most time playing? Yes. Is there one that jumps out? So absolutely, and it's the game that is responsible for me um, being so passionate about games and buying my first console and all that stuff. A lot of people are surprised by this because I know diehard Halo fans aren't necessarily super favorable when it comes to this specific one, but Halo 5 uh, is the game responsible for that for me. Because what happened was, I'll never forget it. Uh, Me, my brother, and a a buddy of mine all lived together in a house, and he said, oh man, Halo 5 comes out today, I'm going to go pick it up. And he uh, went and picked it up and was playing it, and I was bored. I had nothing to do. I was like, hey, Brent, do you mind... I said, can I can I play on your Xbox and play some Halo 5? He goes, yeah, sure. I stayed up till 7 in the morning to beat the campaign. Uh, and then I said, you know what? I think I'm going to buy my first, co- like with my own money. Right. You right. know, I'd been gifted. We had consoles our whole lives, but I was like, I'm going to buy an Xbox One. I bought the Halo 5 edition. I'm not kidding. It's maybe embarrassing to say, but I think I have over 900 hours into Halo 5. I'm not kidding. No, I believe you. And it's one of those things. So much time into that game. Do you like when games keep track of how much time you've played? Because I don't think I need to know that I've spent 50 hours playing as Junkrat in Overwatch. Like, I don't like to keep track like that. I would rather just guess. Like, I know, like, Tekken 3, I've spent a million hours, but I don't know the exact number. When I go and look at the Overwatch, I'm like, I've played each character days of my life. I've played. Yeah. It's 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 a blessing and a curse, right? Yeah. Like like part of you is like, oh, this is cool, you know. I I that's how much I love this game, and then there's another part of you that's like, mm-hmm. oh man, that's I gotta get out more. What's going? Wow, <laughs> there's a ton of really good wrestling games dating all yes. the way back to the beginning and even to now. My personal favorite was WrestleMania 2000 for the four. Uh, Where would you with go you on that one? Is that is that the, your favorite one? Well, what between that and No Mercy. Okay. Yeah, those seem to be the two answers that always come. Which back. are the, yeah. they're two incredibly similar games as well. But but uh, there is a part of me again. There's certain aspects of like I do feel like No Mercy like honed in on what made WrestleMania 2000 so special and kind of perfected it. But that like initial uh, playtime with WrestleMania 2000 was so legendary that awesome. it's like. Oh, maybe that one deserves all the credit. But but yeah, both of them are so WCW versus NWO the world. Great one. Really, too. really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah. A question from the chat. Who did you play with in WrestleMania 2000? I, w- I was a stone cold Steve Austin guy okay. all day. Mm-hmm. All day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, can I, yeah. This is a random funny video game story. Is I remember when I bought, and this is no knock on this game because uh, WWE. I'm going to call it that WWE attitude on the PlayStation one. I remember being so excited for it Um, and and we got it and we had our PS one ready to go. And I picked stone cold and I was so pumped. And when stone cold did his entrance and he put his hands up like this, I cried. (laughs) It was the cry, dude. I was like, you couldn't even close the fist. Not fist, just all the fingers because up. Together. That's not his entrance. <laughs> Come on, ruined it. I know but that's the thing. You know, there's little I things you'll so latch sad. onto. The, the yeah, devil's was... in the details. You know that, right? Right. Right. Uh, so you stream. Uh, it's Twitch.tv/slash/thechugs. That is correct. What is yes. the origin story behind the chugs? So, um, 
well, in the beginning, when I was trying to come up with a gamer tag, I was like, I want it to be fun or funny or goofy because video games are fun. So there was no part of me that was going to be not that there's anything wrong with this at all, but I I was definitely not going to be the Terminator or 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 something, you know, intimidating. New blaster six yeah, nine. Yeah, right, right. And I didn't want to be Adam Cole either because I I really do separate the two, even though you know, I am Adam Cole and I am Chugs. I, I do like the idea of kind of keeping them separate, especially because yeah. the characters are, well, one's really me and then one's a character. Uh, like keeping those separate was important to me. Uh, but when it came to using Chugs, so really the origin story was, uh, <laughs> so, you know, if you have a buddy of yours who's like a really, really big dude and then as a joke, everyone calls him tiny. Yes. Is like an ironic type of, of thing. Yeah. That was how I got the nickname Chugs. Um, because some buddies of mine uh, <laughs> know that I'm horrible at chugging anything. Okay. Uh, I'm not kidding. Like water, a sports <laughs> drink, an adult beverage. It doesn't matter. Like horrible at it. I'm the worst. Awesome. So they're like, oh, our boy Chugs is going to try to do it. Here we go. <laughs> uh, so I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, maybe I'll go with that one. So that's yeah. kind of how it started. Yeah. Well, and I know you uh, you stream with a bunch of guys on there, too. You'll, yeah. you'll, you'll have the mixture. I tuned in just in time last week. I think you were playing Halo 3 to see Tyler Breeze teabagging your dead, lifeless body all around there, which I didn't think was necessary. But uh, absolutely, can't recommend the stream enough. Like, <laughs> right? What a friend, right? Yeah, My seriously. God. Let's My go God. On. While I'm gone, take a four-minute like, four bathroom break. And then my body's there 20 yes, times. A million of them. But no, no I, thing, I love it. I love I, it. What I like a lot about it, too, is you don't play just the one game. And I know there are people that have a lot of success doing that, and that's great. Yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a market for Call of Duty streams, and there's a market for Fortnite or whatever. But every time I've tuned in, I feel like you've been playing a different game, which is great. Well, that I'm glad you said that because um, it's so true. Like, of course, like some people um, – are very successful with their their streams like uh in in many different ways but i never got into streaming for the sense of like how can i um make this as successful as possible in the sense of trying to like grow as quickly as possible to me it was it started and i and i tell my chat this all the time who i've formed a like relationship with a lot of these people is i'm just really passionate about games and i like the idea of playing a game and then being able to turn over to chat and talk to them about said game. Mm -hmm. So that's why I always have so many different games within the cycle um, because there's so many games I'm, I'm really passionate about. So not again, not that I would never play one individual game uh, over and over and over again, but I was all about like just playing a bunch of different stuff, like whether it be a game like The Last of Us or a horror game like Resident Evil 2 Remake or Final Fantasy 7 Remake or Halo or what have you. I'm, I'm all about just getting to play and experience a bunch of different stuff because I do think pro wrestling and video games are my two favorite forms of entertainment for sure. So. And it, does it help you a lot too uh, to have like the two interests and every once in a while they'll cross over, but to have them separate? Like, like for me personally, I do a sports talk radio show during the week but then I also do this podcast where I talk about movies and TV and video games and comic books and stuff. That's awesome. And it's great to have like the two passions. I feel like it's got to be very similar for you. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have a lot of people, especially early on, like initially with the Twitch stream, there were a lot of people who checked it out strictly because they knew me from wrestling. Yeah. But as time has gone on, it's been really cool. Like I would say 
80% of the people know me from wrestling, mm -hmm. but there's like a 20% crew that is like, wait, this guy's a wrestler. No way. Cool. And that to me is almost more rewarding. Mm -hmm. uh, not that I don't appreciate the, the support on both platforms, whether it be wrestling and, and gaming, but it's really, really cool to kind of dive into that world as almost an unknown in a yeah. lot of ways. So yeah, for sure. Well, it's and going back to wrestling. I feel like yeah. wrestling and uh, and stand up comedy in a way are similar, only in the point where you hear about these these stories of guys who made it, and they 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 were in the early stages of their career with other guys. So like you would know a lot of early wrestlers that hadn't broken through yet, just like stand up comics. Like now all of these like Netflix specials and everything, but they also remember performing in front of ten people with another yeah. guy later on. Is that a thought process that you have when you're in the independence early on in your career that, yeah, one day I'm going to make it to the big time. And are you having those conversations with the other guys back there? Yeah. So early on, I was like obsessed with, uh, I remember like my first, my first year or two, I was like, yeah, my goal is someday to main event WrestleMania. And it was like, again, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it was just so far from where I was. Right. Uh, that I realized pretty early on, it's better to set like smaller goals for myself and kind of enjoy the ride because I do love pro wrestling. So again, like the fact that I trained at combat zone wrestling at CZW and then wrestled there, that was a really cool thing for me. So it was important for me to go, Hey, this is really cool. I'm in this best of the best tournament, or I'm on the cage of death show mm -hmm. or, or getting to wrestle at ring of honor and wrestle on iPay-Per-View for them or going to, to pro wrestling gorilla or wrestling in Japan. I'm like, I have to enjoy these uh, steps of like where my eventual goal is. And then my goal kind of changed like as time had gone on for me. Um, well, like again, after like a year or two of understanding the different goals that I had, my first goal was just to be able to make a living as a wrestler. I remember that was really important because I had a, I had a part-time job at a retirement home. Oh, and wow. I taught like kids swim lessons during the week. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, and then I would, and then I would wrestle on the weekends and travel. And th that job was great because they were so understanding of my schedule. Um, but uh, long story short, I, I tell um, other young wrestlers this anytime I do seminars or anything, it's so, so, so important to set smaller goals for yourself and not hyper-focus on this eventual big dream that you have. Um, because so much of it is out of your control. Like, like you can only go in and go, hey, I'm going to have the best match I possibly can. I'm going to cut the best promo I possibly can and, and take that kind of day by day and enjoy the process and enjoy the journey. And the older I get, the, the more I'm understanding that. Uh, but yeah, yeah. And it's going to be interesting when you talk to wrestling fans because some of them probably know every single thing about your career. And so then cool. others are like, oh, this is a new AEW wrestler. Yeah. Like, oh, he's new in NXT. It's like, oh, he has good chemistry with Kyle O'Reilly. I wonder why. But like, they right. don't realize that you guys have been wrestling with and against each other for, for years and years. But like people pick your career up at all different times. Exactly. Yeah. It literally happens all the time. Like you just said, uh, I, I definitely have gained a bunch of new fans um, as of six weeks ago because of joining AEW. Like, I can't tell you how many people were like, yeah, I heard about this guy in NXT, but I've never seen him before. Oh, he's pretty good. Or, you know, yeah. what have you. So it, it, it is crazy how um, uh, people kind of pick up on your career at different points. And then I'll do a, a signing somewhere and someone will go, hey, I watched you at Eastern Championship Wrestling in 2008 for your fourth match ever. And I've been a fan of yours ever since. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's amazing. It's crazy. So, 
Yeah. It's crazy. And along the way, you've been in a lot of factions. A How lot. many factions have you been in? Oh, my God. Um, I was in the Kingdom and Ring of Honor. Um, I was in the Bullet Club. Uh, in ROH New Japan, I was in Undisputed Era. Mount Rushmore and Pro Wrestling Guerrilla. Um, obviously, the Elite now. So, yeah, quite a few. Quite a few. I love factions, though. And I think, again, like, from, from our era, like, I grew up on it. Like, you, you needed the, uh, you know, DX and the NWO and the Heart Foundation. And, like, I just, I thought it, it created stars. I, I really am a, am a big fan of it. Uh, I do, too. Yeah, I love it as well. Now, the I don't know how to explain this, but for, for a number of years, NXT was definitely my just favorite brand in any wrestling. And I, yeah. your whole time there, the few years leading up to when you were there, I just thought the matches were the best. And talking with other wrestling buddies of mine, you know, there'd be the takeover, and then there'd be whatever the WWE pay-per-view is the next night. And then on Monday, we're only talking about the NXT matches. Any idea why that is? I'm sure you guys were super competitive about it, but... It's it's a weird thing to me because there'd be certain guys that one year would be fighting in the in the takeovers, and then the next year they're on the bigger card, and the matches just weren't as, as good. I don't know how to just or uh, how to answer that. Yeah, I do think I to some extent. I mean, there's so many factors to go into. Uh, like like number one again, and I stand by this, but that roster was stacked. I mean, you you had a lot of really really talented dudes who were trying to make an impression. And trying to show the world on the biggest stage they had ever had how good they were. So, so I think that created a really exciting atmosphere. So, uh, second of all, the live audience who was there—I've uh, said this before—and I think it's a big reason AEW is so successful—is the people who buy a ticket to that show and show up. They want the show to be good. They go there with the intention of going. This show is gonna rule. I can't wait to watch these matches, and it creates this like exciting atmosphere that not only um, creates this cool magic within the audience, but it does create a different feeling with the wrestlers as well. So then that's how the magic happens in a lot of ways. But I, I, I do think at the end of the day, um, in a lot of ways, the fans looked at NXT as like, not the little engine that could, but like this new brand that was starting that they felt responsible for its growth, which I think is so important. Uh, I, I think the fact that the roster kept growing and they kept signing these um, indie darlings or independent stars in a lot of ways, uh, they felt responsible for this massive growth of NXT becoming like a legit third brand for the company. Um, and AEW has that same kind of passion in the sense of the people feel like they are responsible for AEW's growth over these past two years. And they are like, like the fact that the fans are so amped, so jacked up, so ready to go and, and ready to enjoy these matches. Uh, it makes it really, really special. So yeah, I think I, it's a good call on the fans. Yeah. I think they definitely added fans are to vital it. to it. Vital. And you guys had the crazy matches, whether it's with the ladder matches or the war games matches and yeah. like, you, like the stuff you guys were doing was just off the charts. I'm also curious the series of matches you had with Johnny Gargano are some of the best in NXT history. Once you have the first match and then you're like, all right, we're going to do it again. What the, what are those conversations like to try to one up what was already a six star match, man? It'd be so stressful. Uh, specifically with a guy like Johnny, cause me and Johnny Gargano were really close. Uh, I just talked to him today. Um, so he's a, he's a great friend of mine. 
And we only wrestled one time prior to our first one in Brooklyn. And it was in 2010 for Evolve Wrestling for Gabe Sapolsky. Uh, so like, God, eight years or whatever had, had gone by or, or nine years. Uh, and we had been saying like, it'd be really cool to be able to wrestle in a feature match uh, on NXT. So we had the first one and, and fortunately people really enjoyed it. There were a lot of, a lot of eyes on it because of it being WrestleMania weekend and stuff. Uh, but yeah, going into the second one, incredibly stressful going like, how in the world are we going to top this one? Um, but again, it, the nice thing that happens is, is when you have matches like that, there are like certain little story arcs that you create without even realizing it. So actually putting it together wasn't as difficult as you would think. It also helps that, again, I'm in there with a guy like Johnny, who is just a, a genius when it comes to that stuff. Um, so, yeah, we just said, all right, let's do another one. And we'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> oh, and, and they were great. And it's great to go back and rewatch them, too. All right, let me get you out here on this one. Looking at the AEW roster, there are a million possibilities for future opponents and future feuds. I have three off the top of my head. And I would just like okay. to get your reaction if this were to come at some point. Uh, Adam Cole versus Malachi Black. Mm, I, I love the idea of that okay. um, because we really only had one serious uh, high-profile match within NXT, and it was an Extreme Rules match um, that a lot of people really enjoyed. So to get the chance to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with him yeah. again within AEW would be pretty cool. Uh, Adam Cole versus CM Punk. That's my dream match. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've said before, and I'll say it a thousand times, if I had a personal... I'm not saying this is the definitive Mount Rushmore, but if I had a personal Mount Rushmore as far as wrestlers who have influenced me, uh, CM Punk is on that list. Uh, he, he made me focus on promos. He introduced me to independent wrestling. I never in a million years thought I'd get the chance to maybe step into the ring with him. Now the fact that that's a possibility, I'm going to be real sad if I don't ever wrestle CM Punk. I think the fans would be too. And then last one, I know, I know factions never break up in wrestling. They never break up Adam Cole versus Kenny Omega. I know a lot of people have been wondering if that's going to happen it, but right now. I don't see it as a possibility, okay. but you never know. It's pro wrestling. Never say never. All right. Adam Cole, AEW dynamite on Wednesday, AEW rampage on Friday. And of course, streaming all the time, twitch.tv slash the chugs. Adam, this was awesome, man. I appreciate it so much. Thanks for the time. Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me.